Welcome to Access Ideas. This is Yana, and today I want to talk about all the things that make HBO's show Succession a must-watch series. Now, I'm going to try my best not to include any spoilers today in case you have not seen the show, but I really want to take a deeper dive into why this show creates such a passionate and some might say even a rabid fan base. And on a personal note, this is my way of coping while I'm waiting for season four to come out. Season three finished in late 2021. And as soon as it finished, I realized I had to rewatch a lot of it because I wanted to absorb a lot of the fun parts and the nuances that sometimes I miss on the first viewing. And On the surface, many of you may realize, or you might already be fans, because it's obvious why Succession is so popular. It has superb acting, script writing, uh, which includes both playwright and comedy script writers. There are UK and US writers that make it feel much more nuanced, and the characters are some of the most unlikable and simultaneously relatable and sympathetic characters on TV right now. And that might sound like a contradiction. And the fact that it is a contradiction is perhaps why the show is so compelling. The show's musical theme is ringtone worthy, while also conveying a sense of grandeur and dissonance that pulls us in, wanting to know more. And those are just some of the superficial or obvious details that I think everybody realizes if you are a fan of the show, maybe you've read about the show, And that has made you want to watch it. But what takes this show from good to great territory are the details. And that's what I want to talk more about today. Because the first time I watched Succession, the first episode, I didn't actually like it. I was worried it was going to be a bit of a downer. Uh, The character seemed a little bit unpleasant. And I thought, do I really want to invest my time in a show that's going to make me feel exhausted? But now I've been hooked. I watch episodes at least twice because I realize there's so many layers to absorb and appreciate. And re-watching episodes helps me discover the foreshadowing and the subtle artistry that's on display in every single episode. And perhaps first of all, I'd address the overall theme. I think Succession reflects a cynical take on modern dynasties, and some would compare it to the Murdochs, and even the Trump family and incompetence. So in my opinion, and I'm in good company here, none of the children on this show have ever had to face real world consequences. They're all very entitled and privileged. So they have this bizarre combination of acting obnoxious, yet remaining infantilized by their father's domineering and manipulative behavior. And of course, Logan Roy, is the patriarch of the family. And the whole premise of the show rests on the question of who will succeed Logan. And perhaps an exception to this pattern is Connor Roy, the eldest son who survives on the periphery to avoid getting sucked into the power dynamics of the Roy family. Now, you might argue against that. I think at some points, Connor definitely shows up in a problematic way. He wants acknowledgement from Logan, and he's certainly a flawed character. But I think out of all the children, he seems to accept that he can live a very leisurely, luxurious lifestyle 
and simply not buy into the succession drama at the forefront of the show. One of my favorite elements of succession is the moral ambiguity on display. I think it's one of the best shows for illustrating how power is simultaneously coercive and corrosive. So if you're somebody who feels you need to like characters in order to watch a show, um, this is not the show for you. In fact, I would be surprised if any viewers truly liked any of the succession characters with the exception of Cousin Greg or Greg the Egg or Greg Hirsch, as he's officially called. He's actually one of my favorite characters. But the other peripheral to the Roy family character is Tom Wamsgams or Terminal Tom, as he's known since he has cancer of the career. And after all, you can't make a Tomlet without breaking a few Gregs, right? So Tom is this simultaneously passive sort of beta type character who then turns around and beats up on Greg, which creates some of the funniest scenes in the show. But he's also one of the only characters who is not blood related to the Roy family. And so I think his insecurity about his influence and his power is what drives his character. And it really makes us question is Tom actually good or what was Tom originally like? We get the sense that all of the characters have been compromised morally, but especially Tom and Greg, because they're constantly presented with opportunities to misbehave, to be corrupt. And sometimes they take full advantage of that. Sometimes they lose that opportunity. But really, this leads me to the other big theme of the show, which is the fact that there are some really powerful Shakespearean and classical Greek and Roman mythology themes on display throughout this show. In various interviews, Logan Roy, who's played by award-winning Shakespearean actor Brian Cox, reveals that he's drawn from Shakespearean tragedies when he acts in this role. And he's compared his character to Titus Andronicus, Julius Caesar, and of course, King Lear, which is a comparison that's been made many times before. And Logan's daughter, Shiv, and her husband, Tom, are sometimes compared to the Macbeths. Both Succession and Macbeth focus on the nature of ambition and how leaders are tested, um, how they're tricked. And I think one of the most interesting aspects of Succession is the audience is having to bet emotionally sometimes on the various characters as we wonder who will actually outsmart Logan Roy or will the siblings outsmart each other or will it be an outsider relative to the family like Tom or Greg. So far, many of the characters have suffered because of their ambition and we've seen them punished throughout seasons one, two, and especially three. And season four will, of course, follow up on the various activities and machinations that each character has undergone to get to where they are. And that's the cliffhanger, of course. The Greek myth that the show references most obviously is probably Oedipus, the Greek hero who unwittingly kills his own father to succeed him as king of Thebes and then marries his own mother. This doesn't play out literally in succession, but certainly it's alluded to, and there's definitely many lines where the characters talk about killing Logan 
or his impending death. And there's definitely a sense of impending strife for Logan that the children are not trying to prevent in any way. When it comes to ancient Roman references, I think the funniest that I remember is Greg overhearing his grandfather talk about Tacitus. And uh, Greg has never heard of Tacitus, but he goes along with it, as Greg does with everything he hears and sees, which makes him entertaining. And, And the quote is, Tacitus comes to mind. He's made a wasteland and calls it an empire. And Greg replies, God, Tacitus, all killer, no filler with him. And that cracked me up, of course, because Greg's just trying to be his usual genial self and completely clueless as to the context, but somehow it works for him. And then, of course, Logan's son, Roman, he often calls him Romulus, one of the founders of Rome. And there's many other mythological comparisons that I could go into. There's a lot of good material about this online if you're interested. But one of the next pieces that I want to touch on is looking at style. So I think great movies, great art, great music, we often know what we love when we hear it or we see it. But we don't know why. We just know that it strikes a chord with us. It resonates with us. It engages us. And I cannot get enough of this style of succession. First, I want to go into a little bit of detail about the cinematography and the camera style in succession. Thomas Flight on YouTube has an absolutely brilliant video called The Succession Character You Never See. He proposes that the camera or the camera person is a succession character. And he argues this quite persuasively. He points out that the first episode of the first season is called Celebration. And this directly references the Danish drama from 1998 called Festin, which is also known as The Celebration in English. This is a drama film directed by Thomas Vinterberg. It was one of the first films that showcased what became known as the Dogma 95 style. And this was an artistic movement created by Danish directors Vinterberg and Lars von Trier. And the reason it's so striking is that it uses very simple and even analog production values to allow for the highlighting of plot and performance. Succession doesn't do this exclusively. And I didn't even realize this until I saw Thomas Flight's video is how Succession's camera angles make it appear as though the camera person is actually reacting to what the characters say. So you'll see various characters make crude or shocking statements, and the camera quickly switches to them as though the camera person had been paying attention to somebody else. This isn't obvious at first sight, but if you go back and you watch some of the scenes, you'll start to notice how sometimes the camera pans out to focus on a character's reaction, even a character who's more peripheral and might not be directly involved in the dialogue. And there's a lot of angles in which characters' faces are blocked or you can't quite see the expression on the speaker's face. This is very much like watching a documentary where certain angles are blocked and we as the audience are invited to view what's happening almost as a fly on the wall or somebody who's watching something that maybe they shouldn't be watching. 
it lends a secretive, real life feeling to the drama that's unfolding on screen. The engaging nature of the camera work is especially noteworthy when you consider that most of succession takes place in boardrooms or private rooms and people are just standing around or sitting around and talking. This subject matter could be very boring if it was filmed in a very straightforward, traditional way. But because it's filmed more like a documentary, we as viewers get invited into the private lives of these insanely wealthy family members, and we get a chance to see what their reality is like. Another interesting aspect of the dialogue and the scenes that you'll watch are Succession sometimes uses an improvised style. So even though the actors that you see on screen are given a script, there's quite a few opportunities where they have to improvise and celebration The first episode was one of those. So it's very interesting because, uh, for example, actors like Tom's character, he actually has a British accent. So improvising for him proved to be a little bit more challenging. Matthew McFadden is very well known as a British actor, but playing Tom, he's just such a different character. And having to improvise on top of that made me appreciate just how talented he is and his ability to do that and make us laugh while he's doing that. Another important stylistic element in succession is the costuming, the fashion. And on first glance, the show seems to be very much about family members who can afford very expensive clothes, but they choose to wear sort of ordinary understated garments. And so you wouldn't necessarily think that succession is about fashion. But if you read into some of the scenes a little bit more closely, you'll see how the show uses fashion to convey subtle messages and even important details about the characters. So, for example, in an interesting case of life imitating art, there's been a real demand for these status baseball caps that we see the character of Kendall Roy wear. These hats are actually selling out from stores, apparently, and they're very ordinary. They're typically black or navy. There's no logo. So I think this is funny because it's almost as though a non-fashion item has become fashionable just based on this show. It's also interesting to watch characters like Logan Roy, the patriarch of the family, wear slippers and softer looking clothes, almost as though he feels he has nothing to prove. He doesn't need to wear status suits. Um, He's really dressing for comfort in most of the show. And this puts him in contrast to somebody like Tom Wamsgams, who's typically wearing a suit that looks very sharp. It's very well cut and intended to impress. And so you get this contrast between wealthy characters who are not concerned about how they come across because they're very secure in their privilege and their status. And that's a really interesting element of the fashion. So the show's costume designer, Michelle Matland, has explained that this family doesn't need to have bling because anyone who would know them would recognize them immediately. In a sense, they're the anti-Kardashians. When you see characters wearing a t-shirt The fact is, they probably didn't think much when they bought it, or at least we as the audience are intended to believe that 
these characters simply buy clothes because that's the norm. You have to wear clothes and there's not a whole lot of thought or intention put into that. I'm a little bit curious about some of the choices in season three, in particular, the character of Shiv or Siobhan, her choices or the the looks that she wears to the wedding of her mother. And some of the other choices are a little bit ill-fitting. And there's been some criticism about that, about the show's designer and thought that perhaps they made mistakes there. But I think that's very intentional. I think that Shiv's looks say a lot about her evolution as a character. But for that matter, all of the characters have subtle symbolism in how they dress and what it means. And I think if you watch the show and you take into account that symbolism, you'll start appreciating the artistry and the creativity that goes into the writing and the costume design. These are just a few of the details that illustrate the artistry and the subtlety and the talent that goes into making Succession. If you've already watched the show, I hope you'll consider re-watching it just for some of those details that will pop out at you and you'll really get a chance to enjoy some of those subtle things that don't always appear at first glance. If you haven't seen the show, you're in for a real treat, although I will provide a bit of an advisory. There are a lot of curse words shared in the show between characters. So if you're not a fan of that, just be aware when you're watching it. But overall, I think this is definitely one of the best shows that's been created in a while. In many ways, it echoes some of the dynastic qualities that we saw in Game of Thrones, which was also produced by HBO. But it's a much more nuanced and subtle show because, of course, it is meant to take place in our world with the dynamics of our media industry. So what do you think? Are you a fan of Succession or have you held off from watching this show because it didn't appeal to you? I'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts on what I've said or what your favorite aspects of the show are. You can always leave a comment on our Facebook page and the name of the podcast again is Access Ideas and we look forward to hearing from you. If you love Access Ideas, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review us on Podchaser via the link in our show notes or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about the podcast too. Until next time, thanks for listening to Access Ideas.